Welcome into the next installment of the Shy State Pod Black History Month series. Today we've got Chicago State alumna Tanika Mackey. Tanika has a captivating story, and you'll hear it both from her and from Amy Olson. Now, Tanika is the only black female caddy who works full-time on the LPGA. Amy Olson has been her golfer since 2017. The two share a special bond, and Tanika has had an incredible journey. Peaks, valleys, and right now, she's in a peak. She recently penned an essay in ESPN outlining her journey to where she's at now, and she's had overflowing support ever since. So in her own words, and in Amy's, here's the story of Tanika Mackey in the next edition of the Shy State Pod. We start at the very beginning. Tanika grew up in Nassau, the capital of the Bahamas, and she got into sports from a very young age. But at first, it wasn't golf. It was swimming I actually started with, I think. I think I started when I was about five, and I was a, I was a great swimmer, so I swam. I swam up until... Probably the age, I think, up to grade grade six. And grade six was when I, I stopped swimming, but that, that's when I started playing basketball. So my parents wouldn't let, me, wouldn't let me quit swimming until I was done with the season. So I had to do swimming and basketball. And then I also, I also was playing soccer at that same time. Um, so like I said, we just, and then in school, my brother and I, we played every single sport, you know, played volleyball, played track, did track and field, softball. And then I think in grade seven was when I first picked up a golf club. First, honestly, probably first time I even heard about the, 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 the heard about golf. Um, so I ended up, ended up dropping swimming for basketball, but I still, still played golf, soccer and, and basketball. And then, so I, like I said, I made the national team my first year. And then I remember in grade eight, I got injured playing soccer and the golf, the golf, the golf people were just like, you can't play this sport anymore. So I had to drop soccer for golf, but I could not give up basketball. So I played, I played both. I mean, what I did was golf. I played basketball in high school. So I played basketball, like it would be September through February was when basketball season was. And then for me, my golf season was February through uh, July. Golf wasn't in, in high school. So that was kind of something I had to do after school. And then college, I played first year at Pensacola Christian. I played basketball and then I made the transition into college golf. So I went two years at Redlands Community College and then two years at Chicago State playing golf. You said you didn't even hear of golf until you were a seventh grader. So how did you get good enough to compete at the D1 level? My parents, they own a preschool in the Bahamas. So we would always fly, fly to Iowa. That's where mom's from. So our running joke is when you live in the Bahamas, you vacation in Iowa. So when, when she came back home, you know, she asked my dad, hey, what's, what, what's new? We were gone for two weeks. He's like, oh, it's the same. She's like, there is no chance. Nothing's new in two weeks. So she got old newspapers and saw that they were like asking for kids to get into the golf program. And the president of the association happened to be one of her former parents. So she just looked at my brother and I and asked if we wanted to play. And we were like, we've done every sport. Like, why not? So that's kind of that's kind of how it happened. 
Um, I don't know how, how we, how I happened to be good at it. I don't know how my brother happened to be good at it, but we were just naturally talented. I don't even honestly recall missing the golf ball the first time I tried, but it just, it just came naturally. In 2014, Tanika took her golf to Chicago. Chicago State, man, I, I loved it. I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big city person, so I really didn't take advantage of the city of Chicago. But Chicago State, it was it was awesome. I mean, the education, education was great. The teachers were amazing. And like I said, our golf facilities were awesome. And it was it was a small school, but it was like kind of perfect, perfect for me that it was you didn't get swallowed up, but you still got like that D1 experience. And that was something like once I got like an uh, offer from Chicago State, I never even dreamed about playing Division One golf. And when I said, I was like, Division One, it's like, I'm in. I actually committed to Chicago State before I even saw the campus. And then when I went, everyone was like, are you sure you can handle Chicago? It's windy. I'm just like, hey, Oklahoma's windy as well. So I don't think it's going to be a difference. <laughs> so when I went to campus, like I just, it. I mean, yeah, you saw where you were at, but you just were aware. But it was, it was amazing. And I graduated. I got... My bachelor finished my bachelor's and I even got an associate in psychology at Chicago State. So it was it was a lot of fun. Flash forward. Now we're in 2017. It's been three years since Tanika graduated from Chicago State. She's an assistant at Redlands Community College, where she once played. And she comes across Amy Olson. Tanika's life and Amy's are about to change forever. I was actually in a period of time where I was trying to find a long-term caddy, but wanted was kind of burned out of trying to find that long-term relationship in a caddy and so i had just decided for that year to take local caddies which a lot of times a local caddy at a course will be a member of the course or can be you know if they have a caddy program can be someone who caddies there full time um, or just some sort of person who has a connection to the golf course that the tournament director knows so First tournament of the year is in the Bahamas and I request a local caddy. You don't know who you're going to get set up with. And I get paired with this girl named Tanika and we hit it off right away. You know, she's a little younger than me, but we just um, had kind of an instant connection and I loved her smile. That was my favorite part about her. She went about her business, did exactly what I asked her to do. Uh, just was like a really easy connection. And so she caddied for me that entire week. And at the end of that, I mean, that's the first week I was taking local caddies, right? I'm sitting here like, this was pretty smart. I like this. So fast forward a few events. I've tried a few more local caddies and I was about to come back to Texas. I knew Tanika was coaching in Oklahoma. So I'm like, man, I wonder if there's any chance she would come and caddy for me. You know, it's just a couple hour drive in Texas. She seemed to enjoy it. I enjoyed her. So I just sent her a text just to see if she was interested. And she was totally on board. So she drove down and did the week in Texas for me. And at the end of that, I'm like, this was still really good. So I asked her, cause she was just going to be done coaching um, in May. She had the summer off and I'm like, would you want to come do a few more tournaments for me? And so that turned into about five events that year. And I honestly wasn't playing real well that year, but we still like hit it off our chemistry was great on the course amy describes a certain factor an it factor that tanika has that made her want tanika to stick around and the thing that i found 
with a caddy. I mean, they are your teammate in the ring. I mean, they are with you through the highs, the lows. So having that chemistry, having somebody who um, you're comfortable walking beside, whether you just made a bogey or you made a birdie is really important. And so I've found you can find a lot of people that it's easy when it's going good. There's not as many people that it works that smoothly when it's not going well. And so honestly, it was such a great test for me. And I love the way we work together. And at the end of that year, I'd worked with a bunch of local caddies and I'm like, there's just something special about Tanika and the relationship we have. So I asked her if she was interested in coming and caddying for me full time, which she was. So that was like the start of our relationship together. While at Chicago State, Tanika got her associate's degree in psychology. And she attributes that to a lot of what Amy just talked about. With that degree is you you have you like you get to to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like I can I can play out 10 different scenarios within two like within 10 seconds. And that's like perfect because with being on tour, especially I don't want to say working. I mean, you know, well, females, we one day, one minute we're happy, the next minute we're sad. And it that's just how we do. So it's, it's just perfect to just know how to read. Like I know exactly when Amy needs silence and I know exactly when Amy needs communication without her saying a word, without her giving me a look. I just, I can just look at her face and say, right now she needs me to not say a word. So I don't talk. So the, the degree in psychology for sure, for sure helps a lot. So Mackie was quickly enshrined as Olsen's full-time caddy becoming the only black female full-time caddy on the LPGA Tour. But later the next year, November of 2018, alarm bells sounded. I was home for a week and I had two more weeks off. And I I was like, you got to kind of get back. I mean, the season was ending, but I was like, you got to kind of get back in shape. Like you're, you get, you're getting a little tired on winded on the golf course. So something that I've done probably a hundred times. You know, it's like a two uh, a mile loop around my uh, my neighborhood, and I even messaged. I even told my dad, I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna run. You can walk. Kind of get him back in shape as well." I did did the first mile, and then I got halfway through the second mile, and I kind of I was feeling tired, but I was just like, "You." It was like something that I didn't do for probably five months, so I just thought it was a little bit of laziness, but also being tired. And I was like, all right, Tanika, you can't, you can't walk. Like you have to, you have to keep going. Like you, you, you can't give up. You're almost there. Um, and the last place I remember being versus where people said I actually fell out. It was like probably three tenths of a mile. So my body didn't want to give up either, even though I have no clue how I got from the place I last remember to the place I actually fell out, which like I said, was about three tenths of a mile. and. The next thing I remember, I was sitting on a wall and I noticed my dad running and I'm just like, why is he running? Like I told him he just needed to walk. Like he needs to take it slow. He came to me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like what's wrong? And I was getting ready to stand up and I, I couldn't even really feel like my legs were super jiggly and I couldn't even stand up. And he's like, no, you sit down. And then I kind of heard them explaining to him what was going on. And I was like, what a seizure what so then I remember we went to a clinic and they said no if she had a seizure she needs to go to the hospital so we went to the hospital um and I one of the doctors when I was in there I was like 
mom, I taught his kids golf. And she talked to him and he looked at me and she's like, he's like, I'm going to talk to some people. So I had to, you know, first I got a CT scan and they noticed that I had like a large mass in my brain. So they're like, we need a little more detail. So I had to get an MRI. And that's when they noticed that I had like 20 plus lesions in my brain. So like I said, based on my travel history, they were thinking it was uh, worms, worms from undercooked pork. Um, so they were, I was on antibiotics and stuff like that. And I did a repeat test and they were still there. So they're like, okay, it's not that it's gotta be something else. But I was in the hospital for about six days and they had no clue, no clue what was going on. Um, so then I was talking to my, my cousins in Iowa and she looked at my scans and everything. And my aunt, who's a doctor, she's actually in Peoria, Illinois. They were looking at my scans and they're like, this looks a little, this looks like something else. So they sent it over to the University of Iowa hospital. And I didn't realize that my aunt, they, they own a, a auto mechanic store in, in Iowa and they sponsored a tournament and I played in it. And I didn't realize that that tournament was actually for MS. And they, they were like, we're thinking this is MS. And the University of Iowa, the wait was supposed to be six months. And their friend was like, nope, talk to the doctor. And I got to see the doctor in two days. And he did all the scans over again, did everything over again. And it took him, it took him being a specialist three weeks to officially give me that diagnosis. Learning she had MS, that was scary for Tanika. But quitting golf, quitting caddying, uh-uh, not happening. You're hearing MS, you're looking, you're Googling. And usually when you Google things, they give you the worst case scenario. So you're looking at it and you're like, okay, a wheelchair, like, uh, you can't do this or you can't do that. And it was just a little, it was a little weird, but I still knew that regardless, I wanted to continue caddying. And the first event was going to be in Australia and I wanted to go back. So I, I knew I was going to do whatever I could do to work that year. And that was the one thing, even before the diagnosis was officially given to me, I asked my doctors, can I still travel? Can I still caddy? And they're like, we'll have to keep, we'll have to keep an eye on it, but we don't see why not. We don't want you to stop doing what you're doing. So once I got the diagnosis and I had to get a little more information it was a little more worrisome once I got that diet, once I got that, um, the, the information and I was talking to my cousin and she was like, online, it's showing you the worst of MS, but it, MS can be literally can be from having zero symptoms to not being able to walk. And that's when that opened my eyes that I realized that anything, anything can happen. Like I, I have to enjoy and live life today because tomorrow. I may not be able to walk. So it just gave me a new look on life. And obviously my faith, my faith kept me, kept me, kept me in it. And it just showed me, like you say, that you can't, you can't worry about tomorrow. Like today, today's worries is enough on its own. Her teammates belief in herself and drive to get through this thing. It inspired Amy Olson. The thing that I remember about her response to it was it wasn't fear. It was literally just trust in God, that God is writing her story and she was not like she trusted him. And to me, that was like, 
I mean, it's one, one thing for people to talk about their faith or whatever, but to walk through a really difficult situation and still say like, I know God is good, no matter what happens, no matter what my future is. Cause with MS it's a, I mean, your certain, your future is uncertain. And she's just like, I don't know my future, but I know who holds my future. And that's where her trust was. And to me, I mean, that was just so impactful. I'm a positive person. Bad things have happened to me and I'm still positive. So that that's probably now the only difference is that I've actually had bad things happen to me. Like I've had serious scares, but I still have the same perspective. I just have a different a different push or a different, I have a different view. Let's say that like I have the view from those people that, that are dealing with serious issues, because like I said, I don't have symptoms, but I, I do have a disease that there is currently no cure for. Right now, Tanika is blessed to have no symptoms, but there's one very precarious thing she has to watch out for. Thank God I don't have any symptoms. Um, the one thing like I said, right after my diagnosis, the one thing my doctor said was the one thing you have to watch out for MS is you cannot overheat. And I just, I just kind of, I smirked. I'm just like, yeah, on a golf course for five and a half hours, probably six and a half hours with practice. Overheating is the one thing that, 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 that's probably always going to happen, you know? So my first few events, like I said, I traveled with a cold towel. I put the towel over my head. So it almost brought me back to playing, playing in Jamaica, playing in the Bahamas in, in August, the hottest time of the year. And, and that's what we did to keep cool. You know, we threw ice down our shirt, we threw cold water on top of our head. So that's kind of what I had to do the first like four months on tour just to, just until I got accustomed to, to my body. Um, but now it's, like I said, I changed, not really changed my diet, but I don't really eat fast food. Don't eat fried food, uh, for sure. Bumped up fruits and vegetables. So things like that. So that, that, that's the only thing that I would say has changed, but it's just now being, being aware and trying to pay attention and listen to my body a little bit more, which is kind of hard because I'm still, I'm still a pusher. So what, the way I push now, instead of running outside in the sun, I now, I run on the treadmill, but I do put the clip, I put the clip on my shirt in case if something does happen and I fall, the treadmill will shut off. But that way I can still, I can still push. Tanika, if you don't mind, I want to read back a line that you wrote in your ESPN column. The sentiments from my childhood of the other kids and adults telling me that golf was a white and rich sport can sometimes creep into my mind. And I don't want to entertain that chatter for half a second. I may not be white and I may not be rich, but I am here. Can you explain that? Yeah, that, that's almost, I mean, like I said, that, that I was even when I was growing up, the first time I picked up a golf club, I mean, we used to play basketball. I mean, like you can play basketball anywhere in the Bahamas, but you can't play golf everywhere. So when people were like, oh, you're playing a white or a rich person sport, I'm just like, None of those things are accurate. So you just shrug it off. The first time I, I actually noticed that I remember I was in, I was in Thailand and Mariah North Cheyenne were playing and I was the only black person, male or female, that was on the course. And for a few seconds, I was like, man, I thought I don't deserve to be here. And I, I let that last for a few seconds. And I'm like, no, yeah, you're different, but it's okay. You deserve to be here. So 
being being out there is just now I, I like I said I never knew I would have this platform but it just I'm what I've learned is it's okay to be different but we're all doing the exact same job through it all Tanika Mackey she's a fighter and she will not let anyone especially herself ever feel sorry for her I usually look in the mirror and I look at myself and I'm like look what you've done look how far you've come and 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 that for me that that's all I need and it literally it it literally can take 5 seconds i mean sometimes obviously it's a little longer than others but for most part for the most part i can get myself out of those slumps super easy and then i get to that point where you're sitting here sorry for yourself you got something to do like get up and do it so you've learned a lot about tanika's story you've learned about her mentality but if you were going to hang out with tanika for a day what would it be like amy tanika is just up for anything like i have become obsessed with pickleball over the last couple of years. And she is the first one when I want to go play on the road, she's like, I'll be there. And she will sacrifice. This is another thing that may not come up. Tanika loves a good nap. Let me tell you there. If we have the morning tea time and we're done by two or 3 PM, she's going to get a solid two hour nap. And then she'll eat dinner and immediately crawl back in bed and sleep 10 hours. Like she is a professional sleeper. But she's actually, she's always up for anything and will even sacrifice a nap for pickleball. Or, you know, if there's a tourist site that, you know, um, is nearby, she's going to take full advantage when we're on the road. She's really taken advantage of the travel opportunities that um, caddying has provided. She's swam with sharks in Australia. Um, she's just always up for an adventure. At the beginning of the month, Tanika's essay was published in ESPN giving her a national audience. Since then, the outpouring of love and support, the messages from kids, it's been overwhelming for Tanika in the best way possible. It's been crazy. Like, I, I joke about it now with my husband and my parents. I'm like, I, I'm not famous, but this is a lot of work. You know, I have a lot of people reaching out to me, wanting to have interviews and things like that. And I mean, it's perfect timing because I'm not working at the moment, but I've gotten so many, so many messages from young girls, boys, just people, even adults about how, how my story is inspiring them, people that have MS as well. So it's, it's been, it's been unreal to know how, how inspiring I actually am and I wasn't even trying to do it. I never even dreamt, dreamed that I would have this platform. So it's just unreal what God is doing with my story. And I'm just so grateful that I, I just never gave up on myself and I pushed through all the things that I went through. I actually just, just got, just read a message maybe about 10 minutes ago. It, it was a, it was a mom saying that her daughter is African-American as well. And she's, She's not small, so she's kind of like, I like to say thick. I'm thick. <laughs> you got some, you got some curves to you. Um, and she was like, she, she made her, her, um, I think it's her college team as a freshman. And she said that she was the only minority on the team and how my story has encouraged her. So I had to, you know, reach out to her and tell her that it doesn't matter how you start. And I was like, Hey, yes, just, you are the only minority on the team right now, but I'm hoping that she won't be the only one. And I gave her a joke. I was like, to be honest, the same weight I am right now, 
that's how much I weighed when I was 12 pounds. I was like, so I used, so I looked at Serena and I'm like, she's got curves, she can do it, so I can do it also. <laughs> Tanika Mackey, Chicago State alum, full-time caddy, and full-time fighter. An inspiration to so many. I thank Tanika for joining me and joining all of us on the 10th edition of the Shy State Pod. Talk to you next time, folks. Adios. Adios.